They have great identity, they're national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You want a divorce? Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what you do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Do this? No. No. I gotta say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is yeah. it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this on the, uh, We kicking this thing off. Here we go live from the Palace in Piedmont. It's the T Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. I love it. I love it. Countdown Day Two started yesterday, continues today. We got five weeks of getting you all educated up, myself included, on who's in the hunt this year. Who's got a returning quarterback? Who's got a new guy? What are the new coaches at? All that kind of stuff we need to know going into a season. And today it continues as uh, we move on to team number 24. Let's remind you, though, TJ, who we had at 25 yesterday. It's nice when there's only a couple of teams. Texas Tech was our 25th ranked team. Tyler Shuck is back for them. Year two for Joey McGuire. They feel like they could contend in the Big 12 this year. They might be right. They get Oregon in week two, by the way, in Lubbock. Texas Tech at number 25, which brings us to today. Our number 24 ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... One might have some people puzzled, TJ. That fight some. However, they will become familiar. It's an SEC fight song. That is the fight song of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Shane Beamer's boys, Spencer Rattler and the gang, come in number 24 on the countdown today, coming off a very good year. Gamecocks went. Eight and five last year. They beat 
Texas A&M last year. They beat Tennessee. They put 63 points on Josh Heupel last year. How about that? Way to go, Beamer. They won at Clemson last year. Lost a hard-fought Gator Bowl to Notre Dame, but 8-5, and five, and everybody right now, Teach, loving Shane Beamer in Columbia and excited about the new season. That's because a couple of guys re- returned for them. Spencer Rattler decided to come back. Juice Wells, their dynamic receiver, decided to come back. I got to tell you, in uh, researching South Carolina, the thing that jumped out at me is they might have the greatest collection of names in the country. They've got a juice, a boogie, a tonka, and a pup on this team. Pup? Yeah. Juice Wells is back. Spencer Rattler is back. Uh, They were very good in the passing game a year ago and should be good again. Worried about running back a little bit? They got a Juju, too. I didn't mention him. Juju McDowell is the team's leading returning running back, but he only has – he only had 219 yards last year. So big-time question mark about who's going to tote the rock. But they should be dangerous again in the passing game. They put up some big numbers, big points uh, last year. Defensively, elite secondary. They are have been terrible against the run. But they have a fantastic secondary. Safety, Nick Amonwari and DQ Smith – became stars last year as freshmen for them. Those are guys we're going to have to worry about next year because they are only sophomores this year. Both of their safeties, big-time players. They've got some veteran corners led by Marcellus Dial and David Spaulding. They're going to be hard and have been hard to throw the football against. But teams have been able to run on South Carolina at will. A true freshman, Pup Howard, hoping to help that out a little bit up front. Stone Blanton had a good uh, freshman season last year as a linebacker. Here's Boogie, Tonka Hemingway, and Boogie Huntley at defensive tackle. They got to be better against the run. You know that's what it's all about in the SEC is the line of scrimmage, and that has been the major deficiency for South Carolina up front on the defensive side of the ball. So, should be able to throw it, can they run it? Should be able to stop the pass, can they stop the run? That's the question marks for South Carolina. Schedule-wise, I think it was just announced yesterday, TJ, that uh, game day is going to North Carolina, South Carolina in week one of the season, the Dukes-Mayo Classic in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, they open with their rivals to the north there, Mac Brown's Tar Heels, primetime ABC, Saturday, September 2nd. Uh, that'll be a, a big, important one out of the gates. And then in week three at Georgia. So here's the interesting thing about their schedule this year. I mean, it's tough. It's an SEC schedule. But in the first two months of the season, Five of the eight games South Carolina plays are away from home. They go to Georgia. They got the North Carolina game in Charlotte. They go to Tennessee, to Missouri, to Texas A&M. Five of their first eight games away from home. Then they close the year with four consecutive home games. The entire month of November, they're at home. 
How weird is that? It's weird, but it's very nice for them. Yeah, if they're not two and six by that point. Last month of the season, Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson, all at Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia. So add all that up, they've got uh what is that? Eight home games this year? You know. I'm sorry, seven home games in the North Carolina game is on a uh, neutral site. Seven home games, neutral site game with Carolina, that's eight, and then the four road games. But the four road games are tough, man. Georgia, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Missouri. Okay, so, uh, I mean, Rattler obviously experienced returning uh, quarterback. Really good wide receiver, TJ. One of the best secondaries in the country. Momentum in the program right now. They're, they're high on last year in Beamer. They do have some deficiencies, especially trying to stop the run. And they do face, obviously, some losses in this schedule, especially when they go on the road. But I think it'll be, it looks to me like, maybe a year pretty similar to last. I don't know why they can't be an 8-5 and five team. And if all the pieces come together, maybe 9-4. and four. Are they going to threaten to be in the SEC championship game and win the East? Probably not. Could they upset the apple cart for somebody along the way? Absolutely. Like they did last year when they beat Tennessee and beat Texas A&M? Absolutely they could upset the apple cart somewhere along the way. So 8-5, and 9-4, and four, bottom of the top 25 team. South Carolina feels like 24 to me. TJ, what do you think? Too high, too low, or just oh. right? Boy, if they go nine and four, I don't know that Beamer's there much longer. I think if a nice job comes open and Absolutely. he goes nine and four with this schedule, then he may be taking another job somewhere. I'm going to say slightly too high just because I think it is a difficult schedule. And I think in a lot of these games, they'll be the underdog. Man, you've got to take advantage of those two games, uh, one at the end of September, one in October with Mississippi State and Florida being at home. You got to take game advantage of one that. is huge for them. Game one's huge for them, and it'll tell probably the direction of the season. If if they win that game, then you're correct. They will be top twenty team, floating between twenty and twenty five. So you're probably about right where you got them. If they lose that one, I'm going to say that they're outside the top twenty five at the end of the season. So you saying that you've probably got them just right then. So, but I do think a lot depends on that first game with the way their schedule lays out and getting Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Clemson. That's a tough schedule that they've do got you, ahead of them. Do you find yourself rooting for uh, South Carolina with Beamer and Rattler there or no? Yes. The Rattler thing's an interesting situation. Like, at this point, I think I feel so bad for him, I want him to do well. He's been through a lot. I just got a text saying, do you think when he made that Netflix series, he thought he'd still be playing quarterback and at a place like South Carolina? He, he did not. This is not how he envisioned no. his uh, trajectory and how his career was going to go. So... I'm kind of rooting for him, hope that he has a great season and, and improves his NFL draft stock. I don't know that he'll ever be what people thought five years ago, what he was going to be in the NFL. But, yeah, I find myself rooting for him now. Our uh, thermometer now says it's 107 degrees outside. <laughs> That's probably right. We might need to get it recalibrated. That's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to get that thing recalibrated a bit. All right, uh, so you said too high. A I'm little bit too, too high. high. That schedule's brutal, man. And this ain't intramurals, brother. <laughs> no, but this is the SEC. Then you're throwing in uh, North Carolina and Clemson along oh, on top boy. of an SEC you're right. schedule. You're it's right. tough, man. 
You are right. They've thrown in a couple of humdingers to go with uh, Furman and uh, Jacksonville State. Yeah, those they'll, those they'll take. <laughs> those are wins. All right, coming up top of the hour, 8.05, Langston Moore, former Gamecock, former Detroit Lion, now sideline guy for South Carolina Radio. He'll join us live, tell us more about Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler's 24th-ranked South Carolina Gamecocks this year. We'll be back. Talking South Carolina football today, and it is our great pleasure to welcome in now Langston Moore, former Gamecock, spent several years in the NFL, now a part of the South Carolina broadcast team. I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Langston, former teammate of Teddy Lehman in Detroit. Is that accurate? Did you play with Teddy up there? Absolutely. And, and, you know, Teddy, just like the rest of us that played during that uh, infamous 0-16 era, <laughs> we did it before the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we like the, It's like cousin it. We just keep those <laughs> things quiet. We don't talk about those things. But every few years we'll see each other in the airport. We'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. We did go over in the NFL, but we did get paid. But, yes, we did. I did play with Le- Teddy and a bunch of good uh, Oklahoma guys. So you, know, sure. you know, Teddy hosts the afternoon drive show on this station. Yep. And yep. is uh, my color analyst on the OU radio broadcast. W- what do you remember uh, about Teddy and his playing days at Detroit? What's your takeaway? Well, again, there was a lot of frustration because a lot of losing. You know, uh, shout out Dan Orlowski running out the back of the end zone in Minnesota. <laughs> but uh, I just remember, of course, you know, it's always interesting, you know, playing in the NFL because you grow up, you see all these guys, you see different guys. Of course, Oklahoma, Teddy had a bunch of different plays. So meeting him and then it's like, Teddy, we need you to do some of that Oklahoma stuff you was doing back against Texas, and now in the NFL you're not doing it. What's the problem? But that was pretty much everybody. It didn't, it didn't matter who was on the Detroit Lions team during that time. But uh, yeah. Teddy, just like most of the Oklahoma guys, man, they came in there and they, they played at a high level and pushed the rest of us. Well, we're very much looking forward to the reunion next year when uh, South Carolina comes to Norman year one in the SEC for the Sooners. But we got a whole year of football before that. And I got to think there's uh, – a lot of momentum, positive vibes in Columbia right now after what Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler and the guys did last year. Absolutely. Um, and, and there's nothing, uh, as Lou Holtz used to say, you, you spell fun, W-I-N. And it was fun for us in the beginning of the season. Then we kind of, you know, hit a lull in the middle where, um, you know, we went out there, dropped one against Missouri. We've been trying to get that right since, you know, they came into the conference trying to make sure we, we put our foot on their neck. And it seems like it's been the opposite Obviously, we had a losing streak with Kentucky that we kind of figured out a way to to get up there and beat them when we shouldn't beat them when it when we should beat them when it isn't basketball season. But uh, you know, luckily towards the end, we got those two big victories against uh, Tennessee and Florida because the week before uh, Tennessee and Clemson, I'm sorry, the week before against Florida, it would look like uh, oh man, we might be uh, need to be you know penciling some different things in as far as, as pinning these things in, but. Uh, that's the thing with Shane. Shane has really got these players really going, really galvanized, and got them pulling in the, in the right in the right direction. And obviously, I could have never guessed. And much like any Gamecock fan, again, I've been born, bred, and raised in South Carolina, so I can kind of bleed garnet and black all the way through. But if you told me the week before when we played Florida and they hung up, you know, almost forty points at us, they, I mean, the final score was thirty-eight to six, but it felt like forty points in the first half when we got shut out. Uh, us coming out the next week against Tennessee and putting up 63 and, and following up, following that up the next week against Clemson, our rival, when we got shut out the year before, beating them 31 to 30, that was a big, big deal for us. And I think a lot of the players and a lot of the kids on the teams have obviously bought in, and that was a big representative of that. And one of the biggest things, obviously, was Spencer Rattler coming around 
and all, all those things clicking. Marcus Satterfield, our offensive coordinator, our previous offensive coordinator, all of those things clicking uh, right at the right time for us. And you can't do it no better time than what we used to coin the old orange crush. Uh, Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson, we got two out of those three last year. Well, I want to ask you about Spencer in a second, but uh, Shane Beamer first. In your opinion, what has he done right? What, what has been the secret to his success here early at South Carolina? Uh, I, I hate to, you know, because I spend time in this classroom and I, and I teach kids and I ask them a question. They say everything, and when you say everything, it means nothing. But I really have to kind of say everything because we knew Shane was going to be a great recruiter. Uh, we knew Shane kind of had that that want to to be in South Carolina, which was a big thing because here in Carolina country, we always kind of feel like South Carolina is a great job, great geography. Obviously, we play in the SEC, but always felt like it was a stepping stone uh, for somebody else's job. And Shane really wanted to be here. So getting that buy-in, uh, understanding the recruiting ins and outs, Shane was on those staffs when we had some of the best recruiting years ever, the, the Jadavion Clowney years, the Devontae Holloman years. Uh, obviously the Gilmore years. And so he was instrumental in, in recruiting and coordinating a lot of that, uh, you know, just on top of just the recruiting prowess, but also making sure that he's getting guys in the building. And it's kind of a, like a trite thing you hear, oh, we got to get got to get guys and, you know, that, that uh, follow our culture and all these different things. But with the, with the transfer portal, I think Shane has been very judicious about trying to make sure he picks the certain right guys. Obviously, we, we try to dip into Oklahoma for the last couple of years since Shane has been there to try to get some of these transfers over to us. But uh, getting culture, getting the right guys, getting the coaches, getting the teachers, trying to uh, solidify the staff. You know, I've been, that was one of the things with Coach Spurrier towards the end of his tenure there was that, you know, yeah, we had a head ball coach, but, uh, you know, a lot of these young guys want security. And when they look over there and see a guy who's, you know, this is his second tenure, his second stop in the SEC. He doesn't have too many more days. And so kids always want to know what, what's going to be down the road. And I think Shane has done a great job of obviously coming in there, building the fence, putting his roots down and really showing kids that I'm going to be here for a long time and come and build this thing with us. And we're going to have a good time because you can also see he does a lot of the Ted lasso yeah. type of things. And The videos are the great. Oh, phenomenal. Justin King, shout out to our, our media team, Justin King and, and uh, Shane Beamer. Because, again, I'm going to just tell you, it's tough for uh, a media guy sometimes. I mean, you don't see Nick Saban out there doing this crazy no. stuff. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, Brent is not out there doing a lot of this. I mean, he'll give you some of this yeah. stuff. But, like, uh, for the most part, Shane is a very, very uh, easygoing guy. and He's also a guy uh, that can lay the hammer down being a former coach's son. But he also enjoys and understands, you know, doing the video montages. He just put out a great one, him and Justin King, with the with the old Sopranos stuff. So I don't think any of the young kids follow Sopranos and Tony Tony Soprano as much as I do, but it was it was definitely made for us older guys and got us real excited for the season coming up. I like the one, TJ. Have you seen the one? It's like an office spinoff where uh, the guys <laughs> are all out in the street racing with the speed detector. On yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Beamer runs when a car goes by. It says he went 31, and it's, it's fantastic. I don't know. There's not too many guys that have a more interesting, you know, OU career history than Spencer Rattler had here. But it feels to me like most OU fans, maybe I'm wrong about this, most OU fans have gone from wanting him replaced here to now rooting for him at South Carolina. And, um, and he's, he's obviously had success there. What's been your opinion of how he's played and then Spencer, the, the young man, dealing with him? Well, well, Spencer, the young man, and again, hats off to him because, you know, I'm, I'm a 42-year-old kid myself, and I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate the world. And Spencer, just with so much kudos, so much 
um, you know, attention put on him coming out of high school, being a teenage kid. You know, a lot of folks said, oh, you're going to be a Heisman kid and da, 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 all these different things. Uh, and, and, again, good, bad, or indifferent, Spencer has done, I, I think, a, a really mature job of handling a lot of that. You know, again, because sports is going to be sports, but how you handle a lot of these things. And, you know, you we understand living in uh, the culture where a lot of different media outlets, a lot of different voices, a lot of different chatter. Uh, some guys can buy into that, and some guys can, you know, use that as fuel and fodder. I think the biggest thing that, obviously, Spencer did when he came in there was that he brought all the physical talent, but he also brought – uh, the, the the preparation uh, that was one of the big things that Shane talked about last spring when Spencer came into uh, to the locker room uh, last year in South Carolina was to really galvanize everybody get everybody because of course yeah oh yeah this guy's transferring in but you know you got to show me and that's what the the stance I think that that Spencer came in there he he showed guys with his preparation he showed guys with obviously with trust and one of the first things me and my uh, couple of my old you know Gamecock buddies said to ourselves when we were standing out there watching them you know, playing the preseason last year was, man, it seems like everybody's just kind of a step faster. And that's the great thing when you have a guy like a Spencer come in that obviously there's a whole bunch of talent, but, you know, I want to be there so I can get that anticipation throw. I want to be there so I can, you know, run underneath the ball and not have to have the catch up to it. And, and we saw a lot of that kind of, you know, kind of stumble in certain parts of the beginning of the year. I think I'm thinking about the Arkansas game, how different that game would have been for us if we play that towards the back end, because, Again, it really clicked for our team after getting our forehead kind of kicked in down at Florida. Everything kind of solid, and I think a lot of that had to do with Spencer. Obviously, his maturity, him, you know, being out there with OU, you guys, and last year I think that was 2021 where he came out with Texas and you know all these different things. He eventually figured out a way to pull it out in overtime after being benched and all those different mm-hmm. things. So that says a lot to me, and that's one of the biggest things. There's a lot of guys who can swing the football and look good in the uniform, uh, but it's always about the panache. And, and, and the, the leadership ability, and I think Spencer has really exuded that, and a lot of guys have bought in. And as you know, just like with the NFL or anywhere, you know, even Takes Creek High School or whatever it is, some little made-up high school, you got to have a quarterback and a leader. And once you really got that, that's one of the big parts for uh, any football team, and I think that's why we're really excited for this season as well. Visiting for a couple of more minutes with Langston Moore, uh, talking South Carolina football. Uh, he's a part of the Gamecock Radio Network. Uh, this year's team, what do you see as its strengths – what are you worried about? Well, I can tell you right now, as a former defensive lineman, I'm worried about stopping a run. Mm-hmm. We, we lost Jordan Birch, who was a five-star guy, a local kind of homegrown guy. Uh, when I say we lost and we didn't lose him to the NFL, we know exactly where he's at. He went out to Oregon with all their NIL and Nike money. And, and again, nobody knocking anybody for I'm always pro player, always about guys getting paid. We lost some different guys to uh, – Zach Pickens, we lost him to the NFL, you know, so congratulations to him. But that doesn't bode well for us for what's left. So we had a, you know, we had a whole bunch of guys coming this year. We, you know, last year as a total team, we always finished, we have finished in the turnover battle last, meaning we gave over a whole bunch and we hadn't got a whole bunch. So for me, I think it all starts with our defensive front. We're trying to figure out some different guys to get up in there to replace uh, Zach Pickens, uh, you know, some young kids coming in, Elijah Davis, who was a, one of the consensus kind of overall uh, Juco college defensive tackles coming out. So it was really fortunate for us to get him and to keep him. T.J. Sanders, a bunch of really young kids, Brian Thomas, who, you know, you see a kid like Brian Thomas show flashes in the spring game. He's just out there looking like Dwight Freeney, and I've seen that myself. I've been kind of a spring guy. <laughs> you know, oh, man, he looks like he's going to be an All-American in the first week. You're like, where did this guy disappear to? But a lot of these guys have been kind of brimming and priming 
to to get out there. The only scary thing being an old former defensive line guy is you really don't know what you're going to get till the bullets start flying. You hear those old cliches, but because again, there are no preseason games when it comes to college football. So I think for us, uh, the thing that scares us the most is making sure that we can eliminate a lot of these turnovers, making sure we get guys going on the defensive line, not just uh, getting after the quarterback, but stopping the run. And I think our biggest strength this year is obviously going to be that guy, Spencer. Spencer Rattler, uh, Juice Wells, Juju, Juju Smith, a lot of the guys we got coming back uh, on offense is really the things that really got us excited. And, of course, Trey Knox getting him transferred in. Uh, it seems like over the last few years we've got a whole bunch of tight ends coming to the South Carolina system. And that bodes well because you got to get some of those dynamic pieces those guys who can create matches, mismatches for you out there in the open field and take advantage of it. So, again, uh, I think that's going to be the, one of the biggest things is figuring out how we can get the ball out of our, uh, the opposing offense's hands as many times as possible and keep it in the hands of Spencer in our offense. Final question, Langston. We'll get you out of here. Boy, what a interesting, weird schedule for South Carolina this year. You, you finish with four straight home games, brutal road games at Georgia and A&M and Tennessee. But it just feels like that one right out of the gate could be the tone setter for you guys. Yeah, and it's really uh, reminiscent. Uh, I mean, I hate to go back and drop that dirty N-word on his radio. Much champ. <laughs> when, when we got much champ out of here, when it, well, he got himself up out of here. That was one of the biggest games. And that's always kind of our big deal out there between Carolina and North Carolina, uh, being able to go up into Charlotte. That's a really great venue. But we also know that uh, the North Carolina team is going to come in here. Brimming Mac Brown is going to have that team ready to go. Uh, he's got a great staff up there. They're doing a phenomenal job of trying to keep in-state talent in North Carolina and impose some of our talent. Uh, and We've been trying to do the same thing. So it's just kind of building up to be kind of like a border bash. And, you know, we can't beat those guys enough. Uh, the last time we, you know, we always make fun out here in, in the Carolinas that, you know, we got all the food bowls, the Outback bowls, the mayonnaise bowls. We got those handled. So last time we played North Carolina, we – we put together a really great game plan, and I know for sure uh, North Carolina is going to come out and give us their best shot because this is a really important year for them, as it is for us. But to start the season off uh, out there in uh, the Panthers Stadium against North Carolina, it's going to be a huge game for us, for sure, our tone setter. Langston, great stuff. Can't wait to hopefully see you next year here in Norman. Can't wait to uh, play in Williams-Brice Stadium for the first time somewhere on down the line. This is going to be a lot of fun, but have a great season. If you ever have any dirt on Ted, please send it our way. We'd appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely, man. Y'all be well. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, sir. Langston Moore, Gamecock Radio Network, former Gamecock, great former Detroit Lion alongside Theodore. Break time, South Carolina at 24. My final segment of the day next.